uh, when we're done recording, you got to leave your browser open so that Zencaster can download it to my computer. I hope. Because okay. I, <laughs> I don't fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Sounds good. Eric, you got to turn your gain up a little bit. I'll turn your fucking gain up. Uh, oh, shit. Like that? Is that good? Yeah, that sounds a little better. Maybe right. just put the mic closer to, you, to your pie hole. Uh, so much effort. Oh, my God. That sounds perfect. It's not like an NPR session now. It really does. Next. And put the mic closer to your pie hole, although you always swallow the mic, so I don't know about that. Who, me? Today. Yeah. It sounds better when you're closer. All right, so this, guys, yeah, it does sound better when you're closer. I mean, I'm talking face to the mic. We on Skype. So we're doing, doing, for the first time, this is the new podcast. We have a special guest today. I'm going to do the intro. We... uh, we're doing Zencaster for the first time, so our audio quality could be improved for the new year. And yeah. uh, we're also trying to look at each other on Skype, so it's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. So, so right. new year? Is this a new well, year, Jimmy? Well, maybe we'll make this our new uh, our, our new season because when I upload it, it always asks you what season. So this might be season two, maybe. All right, with there good you go. audio. Just because. So the yeah, because when it, when people talk about us behind our back, they can go. Listen to season two. It sounds much better. That's when they improved their quality. Yeah. Yeah. That's when the production so, team came in. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew, would you like to introduce our guest today here on uh, Hansel Rescue? I mean, Hansel, what the hell is the name of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it is Hansel Rescue. Yes. It's just called podcast, actually. So today yeah. we have Jason from Fireball Tools, who we all have a tremendous amount of respect for. Absolutely. Uh, Jason puts together some of the most amazing um, apparatuses from his go-kart belt sander to his freaking bandsaw that he just made that's outstanding. So we're going to just chat with him a little bit about all that stuff. Yep. And, of course, there's Douchebag and Douchebaggery also are on this <laughs> podcast. That's, oh, that's good. That's so good. Thank, Jason, you. Thank you. Jason, welcome, buddy. Welcome. Thank you. Good welcome. to be with you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. So uh, tell everybody about your, if people who don't know you, tell everybody uh, what Fireball Tools is, and then we're going to get into some some other personal questions, but go ahead. Yeah, Fireball Tools is my uh, website or platform that I like to sell my welding squares through and just to be able to share some of my ideas with the rest of the world and basically have the product solve some problems for welders or builders just in general. And how did you start that? Uh, how did you start the, the where did you come up with the welder square? It's something that's been needed for a hundred years and suddenly people use yours and they're and like, oh my God, why um, didn't they have this before? Allow people to contribute to Jason, the, the Jason's designs of the products too, because it's uh, YouTube. Fireball is also like the YouTube channel. So I'm able to communicate with the customers instead of just being uh-huh. Stanley where you can't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. So, to, Yeah. Talk a little bit about how you started, because you froze for a second. Uh, I started, uh, I'm a welder by trade, and in the last 17 years, I uh, wanted to speed up some of my production and how quickly can I assemble a a weldment. And instead of using carpenter tools like a speed square or a framing square, I wanted something I can just clamp my material to, know that a square clamp, clamp, weld, move on. And being able to... Uh, not having a fixture table, these new fixture tables give 
myself the opportunity to give myself some of those uh, clamping abilities. And so I made the first one myself out of some plate steel. And then I saw people come through the shop and they said, hey, what's that cool shape? And I made some for them and it's just snowballed. And, uh, and here we are today where now we're making cast versions and we're on evolution three uh, of the design. So it's how long fun. ago did you start? Like when did you make your first 2015 was my first square. Wow. So it hasn't really been that long. Yeah, no, that's that that that's pretty no. fast moving. Because the the what I love about the squares, and you guys can jump in anytime, is that uh, they feel like they've been around forever. And you don't find that with a modern day tool. You find a tool, and it's always like the cheapest, easiest way to make it. And yep. it's you would assume that it would have been laser cut, well together. I mean, I know there's other companies that make the laser cut assembly ones. You know, they're obviously easy, fast pack, but everything they make is like that. But yours is cast and then machine. Correct. Which is. It, yep. it has a real beautiful nostalgia to it. It's like it's like a beautiful object on top of a perfect tool, and yeah. that's that's what's really cool about you know the stuff that you, you're outputting. I'm glad you nice. realize that because that is part of. I love old tools, and that's a lot of the design. Absolutely. You see the arches inside there. You just uh, yeah. function and beauty need to go hand in hand. Yeah, very nice. That's and, why and just God created it, Eric. Quality. That's, that's why right. God created that's Eric. That's why. <laughs> I am such an amazing human being. So, Jason, when you after you created that first one, you were obviously working for somebody, right? Uh, I was an independent contractor. So, okay. So I took on jobs, and I was on a long-term project building a custom home at that point in time. So, okay. Nice. Yeah, Entirely was, out of welding squares. Pretty much. It was huge steel. Uh, it was a 50,000-square-foot <laughs> uh, house made of very structural nice. steel yeah. 50,000 50,000 yeah that's like so wow. I Who was there, there on the job okay. for almost seven years working oh, there <laughs> that's but, crazy yeah. so, so when you completed that you decided to go ahead and take the leap of faith and start manufacturing your own product uh, well, the first um i'd say first several hundred squares i uh built and fabricated myself and welded them together in this big huge 200 pound fixture after work every day in the garage and i just said nice. you know, i cannot keep up with this well jimmy knows how it is when you have to kind of make your own tools it it's a lot yeah. of work so i, I started go, working on another hundred ice picks last night yeah. uh, we i have a guy i have a subcontractor that makes my handles in America, he's in New Hampshire, and yeah, thank uh, you. Made in America, thank you. No, no, it's true because I did. No, I people know. who know I made my ice picks. I made a batch in China. They didn't sell very well. The quality was bad. Thank you, Andrew. And I started making them with a guy in New Hampshire. He makes incredible, incredible quality stuff. And uh, he got hired by the government to make ventilators. And so I'm back to my own machine shop making these for at least the you know the foreseeable future. So that's why last night I jumped in the machine shop and I really had to figure out a new method because my old method just didn't net exact results. And so anyway, I came up yeah. with some, you know, basic, simple techniques, no CNC, all hand done. So. That's the best. Mm -hmm. but, well, yep. unless you're trying to run a production line of them and then, yeah, that's, well, that's why that's, I batch them. Yes. That's why I batch them. Batch them. Well, and so, and I'm lucky that in Spokane, Washington here, we have one of the biggest foundries this side of Mississippi. So right here in my town, I'm 10 minutes away from them. So I just knocked on their door one early morning before work and somebody opens the door like, what do you want? 
kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you make me this? You know, I hold up the square and they're like, come on in. We'll see what we can do. And I know wow. go from there. So without Travis Pattern is the company, without them and the foundry in Spokane, this probably would have never came to life. So, right. Timing and logistics is always really important when it comes yep. to all this stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yep. after let me you started... You, go ahead. I just want to ask you quick. Um, that that the the one thing that looks like an arrowhead is that a, an invention of yours? I've never seen that type of square that has the inside and the outside angle. Yeah, the, I call that the magic square. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's the evolution two. The first one was just once or one individual side, and I that was a fabricated version. And this version two, I wanted it to be cast, so I was like, I'm going to have to have two patterns made. And they're going to be two different ones. What that means is twice the cost for the square. Right, so I was right. like, how do I give the customer the value that they're going to be paying for when they purchase this? So I was right. like, let's just make two squares. And when we combine them together, it actually makes something uh, amazing. And you get it's incredible. You get your inside acute angles and acute. You get obtuse and acute angle all in one setting, without ever having yeah. to adjust the square again. That's and this one right here, the yep. magic square. Yep. And then you can take it apart and then use them individually. And then there's some V blocks in there as well. So you could use it to set up some tube or pipe on your, on your table. What in the or... hell is this pop-up on here? Good Lord. How do you get this <laughs> Put <off>? code? <laughs> oh, what about, what about the one uh, that's the inside outside combo one? Is that, is that also an invention of yours? I've never seen that either. Which one? The, 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 the main, like you sell oh, the, the regular the, triangle. That's, yeah, the mega square. Yep, that one is yep. original, and the design of that has not changed as far as the actual measurements and lengths of the sides since I literally sketched them out on a piece of uh, yellow uh, tablet. I literally just right. eyeballed it and says, "I want this side to be this big, the next side this big," <laughs> and there was yeah. just it was just I want it to be this big. I don't care what it measures, and it has right. not changed since then. Oh, so, fantastic, yeah. Jason! Cool. The greatest part about all this is that. Right here. Where's the first picture? Anyways, the first picture where it says made in the USA, baby. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> made in the USA. What's up with that? Right. I love it. Yep. Yep. Good yep. on you. Good on you for that. That just proves that stuff can be made here. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's it's having stuff made here. I'm going through it right now with my razor blades. I'm trying to find a supplier in the United States and uh, and also a knife supplier. So if anybody knows a knife supplier, let me know. But it's uh, you know it's complicated. There's a lot there's a lot of hoops to jump through and and Jason, yes. tell me if this is your experience when you work with an American factory. They it, it's just been my experience. Maybe it's not everybody. And Andrew, don't get mad at me. They tend to like try to talk you out of working. Do you ever find that? Um, they try I, to talk you out of like knocking on their door because they don't want to deal with some psychopath that doesn't know what he's doing. A little That's bit. Your, yeah. You walk through the door, they think you're an idiot that has a dumb idea that has no money. Yep. Yep. And they never you take you to yourself. Yeah. Then you have to, yeah. you have to prove yourself to them after that. Yeah. And uh, that was, the, that's like my story. When I knocked on the door, they're like, who, who are you? What do you want? You're just in our way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're a garbage person. I'm garbage. And uh, <laughs> I'm uh, now to say I have one of the best relationships best relationship with the foundry i walk in and i'm like norm from cheers right they're like jason yeah. how you doing you know me like what'd you do to, what'd you have for lunch let's go to get something to eat you know let's let's what do you want to see today and do they do they cast their own 
sandwiches. I know, right? They only have a restaurant right next door, so we go and have a bite to eat, yeah. and it's a good old time. So, this but they bend cast over backwards for me now. So, of course, that's nice. You got, you got a successful yeah. product. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. I I would I would agree, Jimmy. It was very hard to convince people to, you know, Thank invest you. in in my idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because they just. Uh, there's probably a lot of people, well, maybe there isn't, but they, they just don't want, it's not worth their time. They're going to make, you know, like no money basically compared to a big job that they could make. And yeah, uh, I guess they're just not interested. I still can't find anyone to drop forge anything for me in right. Canada, looking- at least it probably yeah. would be easy if I lived in the U S uh, but I, I literally can't convince anyone to do a small run of anything. And by small, I mean like thousands. It's not that yeah, small. Yeah, no, that's the key. It's the small run. No, it's still, to them, it's still small. I know, but yeah. I, I'm like, I don't care. To give me a price, even if it's uh, $500 a screwdriver or whatever. Right, like, I just want to know. You, let them, let you decide. Just let me know. Like, why, why do you, why do you want to hate me so much? <laughs> yeah. So really the yeah. end goal is to have a drop forging situation running mm-hmm. in my shop somehow. Have you tried, I know this is probably like too, too pie in the sky, but I know that I had a fan and maybe we talked about this early on. I had a fan that worked at the S-Wing factory, the hammer An factory. Oscillating in one? Uh, no, he was a, uh, he was a stationary fan that worked a drop forge hammer and, uh, in Illinois at the S-Wing factory. So maybe really? you can, maybe, I mean, right now production stores everything's down so you might be able to contact them and say hey guys you want to move your fact get a couple of people going i need you know five thousand things drop forge whatever they might be yeah that would be sweet it, it's totally possible my only concern is doing things in the u.s gets complicated yeah oh yeah because you're not uh, in the u.s i, I gotta ship them over close. here for 10.3 million dollars pay the <laughs> like pay the there's the 30 percent custom tax and then the 25 percent steel tariff Right. Oh my God. I might as so well. So why don't you just get a house in the U.S.? Yeah, that's what I need. A, I'm just going to. I'm going to. I'm Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> I live in New York. <laughs> Take my Send identity. Send the stuff there. Yeah. So the the shipping cost plus the the tariffs and blah blah blah. It's it's not. It's probably not possible. So Jason, what's your biggest seller? The eight inch uh, Mega the, Square. Cast iron mega Eight square. Inch mega square. Yep. Not That's the, one not the uh, sexy calendar that you make every yeah That's every the January. Most, the most popular one, right there. That's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. It's is it ductile iron? Nope, it's actually gray. Uh, and I did some testing between the ductile and the gray. Uh, the ductile, the weld BBs stick to it just as if it was like steel. Right, uh, it's not ideal. Gray, but the gray, the spatter kind of it resists it, and it's yeah. and the duct or the ductile still has some movement, and in a square, movement is bad. <laughs> yes, right. yeah, cast iron's right. easy for uh, yeah. keeping things square. Um, but the the magic square where it has those little dog ear tabs where they hinge together, that those squares are ductile iron just because of those tab features that they right. need to have a little bit of gib, or else they're just going to snap off. Have you right, thought right, about right. like case hardening? Uh, no, I haven't given that much thought. Uh, you, I, I you do, could. You, you could. I, I want to explore some of the, the tempered ductile irons 
Yes, uh, or or nitriding. Yep, nitriding. Mm-hmm. That might be a, a cool. Just just get a harder outer shell. I don't know why, but just for it, fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, and now what? For, uh, Jason, what is your guarantee for the product? Like, does somebody? How many people have come back to it, crashed and smashed, and said, "I want my money back"? Um, or, as far as crash goes, if if you purchase the square and you're not happy with it, it doesn't meet your standards. Send it back. We'll send you a full refund. That's right. Uh, Right. But as that's far as any, anything that's uh, a factory defect, we'll replace for free. Uh, but how many have actually come back with being broken? I have never seen a, a fireball square broken. Literally. Oh, that's really? fantastic. I have not. JD just showed a picture of his Instagram where he dropped the big monster square like 20 feet off of a, off the edge of the building, and he just showed it and just had some scuffs on it. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's when, awesome. you, when you saw See, him do that, were, were you like – Holy shit! This thing is fixing to crash. Or were no, you like, I'm, God, back for it. I'm, I one of my very very early videos on my YouTube channel was me actually smashing the squares with a hammer and trying to break them. So nice. no, that's, you know, I'll tell you what. Honestly, I've been the cast iron one. I've been a little bit babying. I always baby it when it's around. I always try to make sure it doesn't fall off the table or anything because yeah. I'm always afraid it might might break. But I'm I'm happy to hear that. No, it, yeah, just, now I'm going to smash your floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. And then it comes in aluminum too. You you offer everything in aluminum as well. Oh yeah, you have to because these cast iron squares get so heavy that you're yeah. trying to hold it up and out, off the welding table and put a clamp on it. It's just yeah, you're trying to hold much. up 17 pounds. You know, it's like Ugh. that'd be um, cool though. And so Jason, living, let, yeah, I was going to ask you. I'm sorry, I keep jumping in. That's um, okay. about uh, your shop. Your shop looks like a surgeon's room. The fact that it's so beautiful and so neat, and all everybody says is, "Where does he get all his money from?" People ask me the same question. Yeah. I never tell them. But did your shop change when your business? <laughs> it's took drugs, off? guys. It's drugs. Um, like, or, or have you always had such a pristine, beautiful shop, even when you were just fabricating? No, I was. A lot of it was just in my garage, and it was, oh, no it's kidding. never been. It's never really been fancy until now. Uh, and, right. But as far as the, the accumulation of tools. This has been an ongoing 20-year endeavor. This Absolutely. isn't just overnight. Yeah. I've had tools yeah. stashed at my parents' house for years. Yep. I go to an auction. I buy it because it's a good deal, and it just I'll just store it until I have a place for it. I've done the same thing. I've talked about it. Before I moved up to my farmhouse, I would buy things and just leave it on the grounds, cover it with motor oil. My Bridgeport sat outside for two cover years before I could <laughs> – Nice. Yep. I, I do. And it, and spray, it works. They paint it for cleaning. WD forty doesn't work. It evaporates too quick. You got to You got to yeah. literally take a paintbrush and WD and paintbrush and ten W thirty and just brush it on the the ways and everything. And then that creates a coat. It gets dusty and then that stays there. Yeah. yeah but now you have your barn. You can put it in your barn. Oh no no. I'm talking about you know before I was you know a millionaire. You know so I'm talking. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Jason. I don't know <laughs> if you know this or not, but if you Google Jimmy. And his net worth, he's worth quite a bit of money. Oh, wow. $16 yeah. million. Dollars. <laughs> $16 million. Dollars. Is it $16 so, million? Billion with a B. $16, oh, $16 billion. billion. Million. Yeah, I figured, the estimates, I figured it was up so there. Accurate. So accurate. So accurate. Hey, can I – I... To... Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in later. Go ahead. Okay, okay. I just you, want you are a little list. chatty catty today, aren't you, Jimmy? I'm excited. I just want this. everyone to yeah, understand and to go see Jason's tooling cabinet. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. It, it, there's literally every size of cutter in multiples ready to go at yep. any point in time. It is unbelievable. 
I haven't seen that anywhere else. If if you guys ever get the chance to come visit me, I will show you the other super secret stash that's <laughs> that's even crazier. Damn. That there's doubles of triples of even more of that stuff. Oh, that I'll probably yeah. end up selling on eBay if I ever get around to it. But this is that's how no, I don't do that. Auctions yeah. are the best place to get this stuff. Did you yeah. did you like buy a full set of everything one day, or you just uh, came across pieces? No, that that the end mills. Uh, most of my tooling, tooling I buy off eBay or auctions. But the end mills yeah. that you see in that cabinet, um, kind of a funny story. Uh, me and my friend Reed. I don't. I have a shop tour with Reed, but Reed yeah, and I classic went in classic on Reed. a <laughs> on a guy who was selling end mills one by one on on craigslist so we're like let's go up and buy some end mills right so we could get there and they literally had a whole garage floor just packed full of end mills so wow. i come out of there with 500 dollars. you know you're carrying it like a bundle of wood of 500 dollars of end mills and, yeah. and just a get a yard later, of end mills a couple a of years a couple months later we're like you know what i need some more so we went up there and uh reed and i looked at them and said hey why don't we just buy them all from you What's the number to buy every end mill you have? And this is yeah. my game. I love this game. Yes. Right? I mean, this is Andrew's game right here. We're right out of his textbook. But Reed and I ended up with four truckloads of end mills coming out of this garage. I want to see that secret stash now more than ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's – and so we ended up splitting it, Reed and I did. And I got more tooling that I know what to do with. So, oh, so were they all new? Was want. it all oh, new yeah, old stock? All, all new old stock USA. Oh. And did he get them out of like an aviation plant or something? Uh, he bought them from a, a drug tool. dealer. He was a. He's the second owner of the collection, I'd call it. And the original was a salesman for or tool rep for all these tools, oh. and he just was just collecting them. I think some of them were he go into a business and take their old and have them resharpened and give them new and kind of like a tool exchange program. And, uh, he yeah, ended up passing away and the collection's now with me. So uh, kind of pretty much the guy stole them is what he did. Yep. yep. Yeah. Bro. Oh no. Let's if I there. had to pay for all of those individually, I would, it'd be, thousands and thousands and thousands yeah that's i need to find Tens like basically a production machine shop closing down and somehow purchase the entire cabinet like the ten thousand pound cabinet of tooling yep. would blow my mind it's you're you're on your you're still wise just to say you know what whatever it costs just work out the credit card and get it and then worry about what to do with it after the fact because yeah that's yeah. the only way to get the big tools at a cheap price yes yeah Everything here that goes onto auction ends up being ten point three million dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I can't really get that opportunity, but I, I hope one day. Jason, talk about your water jet. Like, what is it? Where'd you get it? And did you did you uh, grow up with one, or did you just say, you know what? No, <laughs> yeah, he no, uh, had one in his bed as a kid <laughs> instead of a stuffed animal. <laughs> no, like maybe you had access to one, and then you decided, you know, with Fireball, you need one for production development. Uh, I knew I was going to need some sort of CNC cutter, uh, yeah. to, to help me prototype and, um, build things basically. And I was outsourcing a lot of this stuff. And so I was like, where do I go with a plasma? A, a laser is just too expensive for the thickness that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so the water jet was the next best solution. And I looked at an Omax machine 
And so what's neat is I'm in Washington, and Omax, if you guys are familiar with them, they're huge. Um, I owe them an email. Maker. And I'm writing Flo, it on my hands to email them back. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and Flow, and they're both in Kent, Washington, which is a couple hours away. Their headquarters of these two co- corporations are right here next to me. So I went to go visit them and told them, hey, I'm looking for a water jet and see which one can give me the best deal. And Flow has just been amazing to work with. They are uh, some of the best people in the business. They're very helpful with any type of equipment. And so ended up getting the big bad boy Mamma Jamma Mach 500, which is their five-axis machine, which is mm. just – uh, it's my know, favorite it's like, number of axes. <laughs> it's kind of like, where do you go with a, a lesser model and wish you would have got the best later? No, you, know, you just, yeah. just start at the top. You just and go say, hard in the paint. Yeah. They're expensive, yeah. so you might as well, if you're going to spend money regardless, you might as well just go ahead and spend it. Because yeah. yep. what, what is it? It's close to a million dollar machine, isn't it? Yep. Well, and right behind me, uh, I had to shut the machine off because I'm actually doing my very, very first production run of uh, some fireball parts that are going to be for sale uh, off the water jet. So, oh, wow. uh, so it's kind of exciting. I don't even know if I should, should I even tell you guys what it is? I could probably tell you guys what the... Yeah, this is like the coming out ceremony. Yeah. Uh, so yes. the concept of this... Uh, so what the water jet's going to allow me to do is run a small batch of tools to test the market space uh, before right. I purchase a mold or a cast or a foraging die or whatever I need to do. Um, so I'm the, the tool is, have you guys ever cut a C-clamp in half and then welded the body of the C-clamp to the table or a, an excavator bucket and used the spindle to push? Yeah. So I've done that many times. I've probably wrecked dozens of uh, C-clamps. So this version of this tool is an arm, kind of like a Bessie clamp. You guys familiar with a Bessie clamp is a sliding oh, yeah. F style? Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a water jet arm, and that's going to slip over a piece of one by two rectangular tubing. So now you could weld any length height of rectangular tubing to your table and then use this arm that slips over and has a really long spindle and push off of. And then that way you can use a rectangle tubing to have two ends and make any length bar clamp you want with these two arms. So oh, nice. Because it's using one by two rectangular tubing, you can stretch almost to 12 feet long and have a bar clamp that you can clamp almost a thousand pounds with. Right. So you, nice. you won't ever, uh, the, and those arms just go into, um, uh, your toolbox. So you never have to destroy another C clamp again. It's kind of that. So it's like uh, it, what I'm picturing is like the pony pipe clamps, but not for wood, but for steel. Yes. Yep. I, right. if, if give me two seconds. I can grab one and show you guys. I think it'd be pretty yeah, cool. Okay. Fantastic. Ready? Yeah. I'll be right back. I'll yeah. grab one. Very cool. We're going to hear violent screams. <laughs> He's going to unlock everything? the children. Eric, is everything okay? You, you, you look like you just came from an explosion. Uh, just washing children. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like a car bomb went off in front of your face. Yeah, basically the same thing. <laughs> like, are, are you in? Are you in like the worst misery of your life right now, Eric? No, it's fine. It's just uh, I just get less work done per day. It takes a lot yeah. of work to upload seven hundred thousand Instagram stories per day. <laughs> right. Whoa, that is cool. Okay, that is so, so much bigger than I expected it. Yeah, so, that's dope. So this That's is a cool. five-degree angle square cut hole 
through there. So this hole has to be a five degree angle. So it, when it cocks, yes, it binds correctly. Locks. This is a super nice fine pitch long thread. Fine, it's good. The spindle, and then it has. Let's see if we can see it. Fireball logo that the water jet etched into the. Wow. Into the surface. So, but it's cut in two directions. Do you do one operation, flip it? That's nope. that's the five uh, axis. This is, this is uh, actually machined afterwards. Oh, this, okay. This, well, the then. second feature. I could cut that with the water jet. Yes, if I wanted yeah. to. If you tilt. Um, yeah. And then there's the the I call it the, the anvil side. This is the, yep. the fixed part, and it will have a uh, a foot on it eventually. Like a spike. So you get so you'll you will end up purchasing two of these. And then oh you can God, put your so one cool. by two tubing anywhere in there. And I've clamped up to uh, 3,000 pounds of force up to about eight feet mm. with these bad boys. And you, What so type you, of uh, wall on the tubing? 16, 18, uh, 14? You can, this is the cool thing, Jimmy. You could put it over aluminum tube, sol- aluminum solid. You could put it over yeah. one by two, uh, 120 solid, wall. You could put yeah. it over a solid, a solid yeah. one by two piece of – so you want to really clamp something long and wide, this is your best bet. So that's great. I, that's I don't know great. if anybody's going to buy them, but well, that's we're going to find out. <laughs> so, uh, and you uh, yeah, you machine the thread? Is that an Acme thread uh, hole? This is this is a uh, not an Acme thread, but a oh, it's called a uh, uh, trapezoidal thread is what it is. Mm-hmm. So the trapezoidal thread, I can get a little bit finer pitch of right. uh, thread on there, and this is a really nice spindle. You could put a wrench on the end of it. Oh, so, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Wrenches. So you can yeah. think about just now any height bar clamp you want. You can weld it to your table and push away. Right. So, And then if the, you do cre- bend the tubing, you just throw the tubing away. It's fantastic. It's, it's disposable, but this is never going to get thrown away. You can just put it on. Yeah, that won't. That you, know won't what's, you know what's funny? Like from the minute I met you and I saw your tools, I was actually – uh, you know when you get a tool and you feel you, 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 the tool insults you because it just assumes you're a complete idiot? Right. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yep. The, there's something about your tool. It basically, it, it just, it, it understands that the person that's buying it has an intelligence level that just knows what to do with it. Like, yeah. you, you never explain like the, the screws and the tabs on it. It's just like it comes with it. It's like, oh, it's there's intuition. a hole that goes there. Oh, I know exactly how that's supposed to keep everything square and flat. Yeah. Oh, that's, right. that's, that's great. So yep. that's the type of tool where it's like you just presume the person buying it has a certain level of intelligence that doesn't need to be explained. Educated. Yep. Yeah. And anyway, all the other tools are sold at Home Depot for the other <laughs> <Right>. people. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but this is where my inspiration comes from is just problems I've had in the past. I'm like, why am I destroying yeah. a tool to accomplish this task? And it's like, well, then yeah. there's just be aware of these problems and then write them down and try to solve them. So. I'll give you a tool right now that every weld shop needs. And okay. uh, I thought about making it, but it fits in your line better. And if it turns into something, you, you send me a, a cake. Sure. <laughs> it's so stupid. I've made it from, and I just broke one that I've had for 10 years. Um, I, I take a C-clamp and I weld a ring to it. Okay. And I put it on the edge of any weld table and then I have a place to put my, my welding gun. I like that. Oh, you're movable. Yeah. Yeah, so like if I'm welding like outside, I could clamp it to the edge of my trailer so that yep. I could always put the gun down. Because right now, Lincoln, I'm a, I'm a Lincoln rep, 
They don't make anything. As soon as you're done with the gun, I just let it go and hit the ground because it's going to go there eventually. Right. So when I'm welding, I just let go of the gun. When I go to pick it up, I kind of fiddle around at my feet, get it. I'm done welding. Right. I just drop it because it's going to yank and pull something off the table. Recently, uh, since my C-clamp thing broke, and you might be – you could see it in the last couple of videos, maybe even the bench video. I took a, a big old pulley that I had. It was like an eight-inch pulley, and I C-clamped it to the leg of my weld table. And so if you look down at it, it looks like the, the wooden one you put on the back for the counterweight. Mm -hmm. It just right. has like a bunch – between the sprockets and the hole in the middle, I could hang a few things on it. So I could oh, drop cool. a clamp in it. I could put my gun in it. So it's like a, it's like a pencil holder but for all welding application. You know, for. So That's I was going to take idea. that – I was going to take that wheel and weld a C-clamp to it. So now the C-clamp grabs the table leg and not necessarily the tabletop. Okay. Anyway, I'll like send you that. pictures of that. Well, what if, what if you just glued high-powered magnets to the welding gun? Because then it would just have like a furry ball of junk yeah. on it. <laughs> All the time. That's, yeah, but that's like, a, like, a, like one of the switch ones maybe? Nah, it's a pain in the ass. Oh, there, I do like the clamp idea. Just I'll send clamp. you a picture of the one I have. I, I what happened was uh, I try I put it in a vice because I needed to put it in a different direction because I kept reaching for this one thing. The wires are all in the way. Wire management is another thing. Like you're in the welding business. Mm -hmm. I love how welding companies show you this beautiful welder on the website, and when it comes, it's got 45 cables that are as thick as your ankle, and yeah. they never tell you that. And none of them are made out of rubber. They're all made out of PVC. So. When it's cold, you might as well be picking up like a laser cut piece of steel, trying to plug <laughs> yeah. it in the wall. You move your welder and it just yanks out of the wall. Uh, you know, the old days, everything would be coated with like real rubber, so it would be flexible. Yeah. So, well, uh, cable management is always another thing that uh, nobody seems you, to take. You want like a to. vacuum cord recoil on the. Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> on, on the gun wire. That would be supposed to just good. drape it over your shoulder, dude. Well, when I TIG, that, that is true, that I do that. Uh, in my old I shop, wrap it I around my ceiling. neck, actually. You know what I did in my old ceiling, uh, in my basement shop, my TIG, I would, I would put a, a piece of surgical rubber, so when I let go of it, it would kind of tug away from me. It would be hung above the desk. So then yeah. I'd pull it down when I need it, and I would let it go. But, I mean, that was only for a few jobs. If I was doing production, I'm sure that would become complicated. Jason. Yeah, maybe. Yes. So I pay attention a lot to people's body language is something that I am. I don't know why I've always paid attention to people's body language. And he's because a serial of that, killer. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I watched, I don't, everyone knows I don't watch YouTube, but I did watch your bandsaw ones, which okay, led no. me to watch this craned video. Okay. And it seemed to me like you were very unhappy during this video. Is that true <laughs> or false? Um, so like, at, this was the very first build after I lost my YouTube channel. So literally okay. I had zero <laughs> views, zero subscribers. Wait, had, what do you mean lost? Yeah, I had, uh, I switched my personal YouTube account after I had, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I had 20,000 subscribers, which the first 20,000 is the hardest to get. It really oh, is. Yeah, that. And I switched that account to a brand account, which gives uh, others access to the platform through my account okay. and during that week uh when i did that i didn't know this at the time but youtube was having uh, some technical dif difficulties and when that transaction happened it deleted my personal account and the new brand account leaving me with nothing oh, and good. so <laughs> at oh, that good. point in time uh, that was where my business was generated from is 
This sure. is how people were finding my tools. So I was like, what do I have to, I got to get, I got to get some build videos up. I got to use my stool. I got to get something going quickly. So right. that's, that was the very first build video at right after that happened. So, so you, you weren't mad at that guy, the oh, bearded no. guy. No, no. You were Reed, just, you Reed's were just my, frustrated. Yeah. Reed's a, he's a, a friend of mine. He's a colleague and we're like, you know what, let's build you. Cause he had this material wanting to build this crane for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, I, Hey Reed, I need a build video. <laughs> can we can yeah. I come build this for you? And he's like, yeah, is come he on, there on a, Is that a plasma cam he's working on? It is a plasma cam. Yep. Yeah, those things seem indestructible for they're like, you know. bulletproof. What's a plasma yeah. cam? That's the machine that they're laser cutting, uh, plasma cutting on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, so that, we, that crane turned out amazing. Oh, it's like, awesome. Yeah. Like if anybody wanted to jib crane, they should just replicate that design. It's it so is. cool. It's, it's super simple and easy. It's really strong. And it's, uh, I just saw, talked to him three weeks ago. No, it's been about two weeks ago. He said it hasn't budged. So that's good. Well, you build things kind of overkill, which is one of the reasons I love you because I've always been a very excessive person in everything that I do. Yep. And I think that you're a lot like that. And that's why you buy the biggest, baddest ass stuff available. Yep. And, um, I appreciate you for that. And I have a man crush on you for that reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there's no, uh, well, I've had the opportunity to use these big professional tools in my career. Right. And then you go yeah. home and you're like, Oh man, this little bandsaw, this portal power just doesn't cut it. Right. This is yeah. Right. Literally. And it's like, this is not working for me. I have to have industrial equipment because that's just yeah. what I'm used to using. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's spo- they spoil you. Yeah, so let's talk fun. about your equipment a little bit. You have a huge shaper, 36 yep. inch, that you can literally, the stroke is so long, it goes from one zip code to another. Seems like now. Yeah. Yes. And then you have your flow jet. You got yep. more than one piranha iron workers, I think, right? Uh, nope, just the one piranha. One piranha? Yep. What else? Tell, tell us what else you got. Uh, I have a, oh, sheesh, where do I start? I have a Washon. 25 by 12 foot uh engine lathe uh i have a little acer a little small one yeah yeah Yeah. so it has a 25 inch diameter chuck on it it's pretty big Uh, then i have a 1440 a smaller lathe a little bit more precision for smaller parts and then i have a 1930 no 1940 Three Kearney and Trekker horizontal milling machine, a war machine, mm. and that's it was uh, used in battle. It, it was manufactured at the time of war. Yes, yes. And I'm getting Rock Island. Uh, I don't. It came probably came from the shipyards here in Seattle. Is my guess is where. It does it have from. the uh, war finish tag on it? It actually does not have the war finish tag, but Ooh. we looked up the number and it it was manufactured in 1943. So. Yeah, that's yeah. By, yeah. By law, one coat primer, two coats top coat paint, mm-hmm. nothing more, really? nothing less. That's the law at the time. Oh, no really? Huh. Yeah. Um, that's the coming? war finish. That's what it means. The war finish. Huh. Cool. Learn something. Uh, uh, you're welcome. I'll see you guys later. 
<laughs> Thanks for your contribution there, big guy. Yeah, no problem. Victor radial arm drill, a four-foot radial arm drill. And the more I use these radial arm drills, the more I, I'm really in love with them. They're really versatile tools. Right. Um, uh, the capacity is just uh, uh, incredible. And, yeah, you can and, just drill for pretty much whatever you want to drill through. Yeah, and then you can put a part or on the side of the machine or on the floor and drill it there too. So it's pretty cool right. to have that uh, oh, accessibility. That'd be cool. Yeah, especially for heavy parts, you know, you can't. I would, I would love to drill literally the smallest hole in the most unnecessary feet, <laughs> <laughs> like completely off the ground for, with the radial drill. We want an eight thirty second hole using. Yeah, just that uh, I could have just done it with my hand drill. Yep. Um, hey, have you set up that huge grinder? That one that I sent you. It is. Yep, it's all wired in and running. It's. Uh, that thing is massive. I forget how big it is, but that is massive. What is, what is the diameter on the wheels of that? Uh, thirty inch. But Damn. the thing is, how long does it take to wind down? Um, it takes about two minutes to wind down. So that's I weighed, it. Yeah. That's it. So what I'm going to have to do to it, though, is the grease is so old inside the bearings. I'm going to have to take the 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 wheel off and repack the grease in there. So yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why it's, it's, it doesn't spool for uh, a long time is the grease is just yucky inside there. I got that from Andrew. I got that uh, Oliver with the 32-inch disc. It's, double, it's called the 34 double D, but the discs are actually 32 inches. And I'll turn that on. I'll use it. I'll walk away from it, shut the three-phase converter off. And it's like 20 minutes later, and I like I want to sharpen a pencil. I walk back over to it, sharpen a pencil. <laughs> it's still going. I walk away. <laughs> and, and like 40 minutes later, I'm like, oh, you know what? I got a burr on this thing. I walk back to the sander and just tap it on the thing <laughs> while it's still turning. I really Jeez. do. I milk, like, I milk the wind down. I, I start thinking of like, Oh, the thing's still going. Let me just go sharpen. That's pretty cool, though, that it does. I mean, those bearings are unbelievable. Yeah. You want to see something funny while we're on the pot? You see that big blood blister I got on my fingertip this morning, right there? Yeah. The other day, I was showing somebody the sander, and it was night. We we went to the shop at midnight, and I was just showing him around a friend of mine. And uh, I was showing him that double D sander, and I I just gently like rotated the disc. I mean, it wouldn't have won one full complete revolution. And I kept my finger on it, and it sucked my finger into the table. Oh, yeah, right. and I was like, literally, yeah. like as fast as I'm moving my hand now, that's how fast it was going. It's a, and it just it's went embarrassing. Boink and and I went boink, and I yeah, and I went ow, and I pulled my finger out. And Derek goes, Are "You okay?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And immediately, this big blood blister showed up on my pointer finger. Yeah, the inertia. Okay, Jason, what are those? And for anybody listening, we're still talking about this uh, huge grinder that Jason's got. What are those wheels that came with it that have all the holes in, in it that look like I cheese think, grater type deals? I think deals? that's to be able to put some sort of uh, – uh, I think that's the form to be able to make some more he- adhesive or uh, make another um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, attach something to it for – you could – Production uh, or something? Pr- uh, not, uh, not production. Like a but fixture you could, plate? You, um, I think you can actually – put some abrasive on there of some kind oh. uh either a, a disc or a pad or something uh, be almost like a polishing a polishing yeah of some sort it's just i think what the holes are there for is just to reduce some of the weight <laughs> oh yeah i yeah. weighed that or it could be a heat a, a heat, heat thing. thing 
Uh, but that wheel weighs 200 pounds, by the way, that grinding disc. <laughs> wow. That's now ridiculous. think of 200 pounds spinning at seven uh, 700 RPMs. That's a lot oh of rotational God, mass. Yeah, that's, that's why Jimmy's finger is gone. I just yep. got a metal splinter, yep. and I just ground it off with the bell grinder. <laughs> I couldn't take okay, it. When, I couldn't get it out. If Dale laid down on my fixture table like that, I would have slapped him in the face. <laughs> Dale's just a goofball in general. It's like you can't control him. He's just... <laughs> just Trust me, I know. I know. Trust me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is uh, that is a massive grinder. Okay, when you were here last at my shop, yeah. I think Jimmy yeah, and Eric were here also. Yep. Yes, we were we all together, we would, all four of us. We would try out your how much... Can your belt sander remove in one minute contest? Yeah. Yes. And I didn't know funny. how much your material would remove or how much yours removed in one minute before we started this, I don't think. But mm-hmm. I forget what, what sander we were using here, but it was like a lot of oper- uh, user uh, error on my behalf because I just left it in one spot. But it lasted like two seconds and tossed the belt. And then I find out yours is eating, what, 11, 12 inches of steel a minute? Yeah. that's ridiculous so talk to us about this belt sander that you made well so i got inspired by these knife grinding belt grinders basically they're jimmy has one they're gonna run like a two by 72 yeah and it seems like in the fab shops we convert an old wood belt sander to grind metal and the wood belt sanders just don't spin fast enough i'm learning Uh, and the knife grinders, they'll spend 4,000 surface feet per minute, and their metal removal rate's extremely high. So yeah. I kind of got inspired to build a bigger, badder, metalworking uh, belt sander that will spin the speeds of um, like the knife grinders do. And yeah. so that's kind of what led me down to the path is what's more important for metal removal rate? What gets you more metal removal rate? Is it horsepower? Is it... Uh, the grit of the belt, or is it the surface feet per minute? So oh, what out of those three components? All of them. And it literally, it, it is all of them. But yeah. uh, what, what you can do with surface feet per minute is you can get a better surface finish. You can, your part stays cooler because you don't have to push as hard. You just let the, the abrasive just cut it away. Um, so that's what kind of drove the go-kart belt grinder. I knew I wanted those, um, those parameters and the go-kart belt grinder turns at, uh, close to 9,000 surface feet per minute. So it's, it literally just rips steel. Is the bottom wheel a direct drive? It is direct drive. Yep. And how many RPMs is it at its top, top speed as far as RPMs on the um, motor? I'm over driving it, uh, off of, so that's a, that's a file by the way, real time. That's crazy, that last dude. Clip. It's just you just push the file through it. Uh, so I'm overdriving it with a VFD um, by thirty percent to get to the nine thousand surface feet per minute. Right. Wow. Um, so yes, wow. we actually had to at the at the wrench shop had to get a bigger big aluminum drive wheel like direct drive to get the ceramic belts. Mm-hmm. up to what they want which is like seven thousand surface yep. feet per minute and then all of a sudden it's unreal yeah wow. it's, it's, it's mind-blowing like you just rip through it you basically just like touch 
for one second and oh and yes the process is done <laughs> yes <laughs> yes look at what this he's doing one sander into another let's, let's ex- yeah so he's taking Hallelujah. his i didn't so see this explain. part yet He's taking okay. his old belt grinder or belt is that sander. A grizzly? Are you feeding a grizzly that to you? No, that is a Harbor Freight belt grinder that I purchased just to do some like deburring, and it is literally the biggest piece of junk I've ever used. Like I have a lot of junky tools in this shop, but that by far is the worst made the worst. and underpowered tool in this whole shop. So I it has okay, a couple things real on. quick. Yeah, first of all. You don't have any junky tools in your shop. Uh, that that I was seen. the last junky tool in this shop. I that makes me it. so happy. That is like <laughs> orgasmic. That is orgasmic. To watch you He's... using your your homemade belt sander to just literally eat. I just I, there was that other one up. left. I pushed that whole grinder through that machine. How really? gratifying was that? Motor through I pushed too? the whole thing through it. <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise God! You're a good boy. You know that. Damn that! Love that. Oh, and I caught. Really? I catch a lot of flack through that on this channel. Uh, to this day, people are, "Why did you wreck that grinder? You could have given it oh, to yeah. somebody." I, I need one, and yeah, I yeah, literally yeah. respond back to him like, "I wouldn't give this grinder to my worst enemy. It's a literally a piece yeah. of junk. It's and the worst uh, thing." I've you ever gotta, seen. you gotta stop reading your comments. You gotta I know. stop. It's, it, but if they were to experience it. I I do test that grinder's performance on another video. You can stop the belt with a pencil. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, push a pencil into the belt and you can stop it. Oh, so it's yeah. literally a piece of junk. It's literally yeah. a piece of junk. It doesn't. So do is it. everything else that they sell. Everything. <laughs> but Eric so, loves that place. When he comes to the I U.S., mean, he's like, "Oh, let's go to Harbor Freight." We've never. I've been. I've been to one with Jimmy. See? I'm trying to get an endorsement you. deal with them. Oh my yeah, God! You if you do, I swear goal. to God, I will be, I will not be friends with you. <laughs> if you get an endorsement deal with Harbor Freight, it is oh, we're done. We're done. Well, they don't so, answer my email, so thank God. <laughs> thank God they don't understand English. First of all, there, that's the problem. There's some tools in there that that I mean, I'll be honest. I have when I first started my career and I needed a, a no, Jason. Tool for no, modified, don't do it. Go there. Don't do it. No. <laughs> Don't. But, no, don't. but anymore, it's, it's eBay for me, and I'll get a used vintage something before I go to Harbor Freight. I'll get something Absolutely. old. And yeah. I can afford that in my life now to where I understand the I understand oh, benefit. Yeah, the benefit of a better quality tool yeah. at the end. So but Yeah, when you're, when young, you're starting you out, you just need something that does something. Yes. And yeah. then once you get proficient enough, you can upgrade to your uh, niceness. Let's see, there's a, a perfect example of the capacity of that vice is just being able to clamp it down and hold something that's irregular and large. Yeah. What's that? Oh, for uh, this. The red, the red, oh, yeah, because I clamped the, the chainsaw in the vice. Uh, by the way, okay. we're watching the entire time we've been talking, Jason's channel has been just on the on the Skype feed. We're just looking at various bits and pieces of Jason's videos. How many subscribers do you have right now? Uh, 205,000. Oh, wow. That's a great bounce back from uh it's losing it's everything growing slowly yeah it's yeah. um for the video uh ratio i think we only have like 40 videos out that's, I that's think it's great pretty, pretty good 
It's yeah, fantastic. And the, uh, we talked about it before we started, but uh, talk a little bit about your production value for your videos. It's really, I say, I look at your stuff, I get inspired to do more uh, production value and then I get lazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, my goal from the, from video creation was that uh, I wanted time, very timeless videos and something that could still be relevant uh, uh, 20 years from now. So I, f- I figured that the production quality has to be a little bit better. And I'm kind of a perfectionist in, in some ways, too, where I have a vision in my head and I... You're kind of a perfectionist? Okay, okay I'm a... Per- I kinda, <laughs> a little bit, yes. Um, and I'm, I have a vision I'm, in my head and I want to see it through. And I, I also right. want to be entertained, but I also want to learn something. So how do you get yeah. somebody that may not be into metalworking interested in metalworking? Um, yeah. And they're they're used to seeing a semi TV show type environment, right? So That's do, true. So how do I kind of make it feel like a TV show, but still make it feel like YouTube? And that's kind right. of the balance. Yes. And I've had yeah. early in my career, my little brother. He I brought him on early to help edit videos and be a cameraman because, as right. Jimmy knows, it's hard to film yourself and yeah. work at the same time it takes three yeah, times streamlines well. streamlines much quicker when you're actually having yeah, a big time yep. somebody working with yep and then that's um, why i see. don't do it i just don't do it i can't handle it yeah yep uh, but it takes me because of this quality i can only do a video every two weeks um because by the time you build something and then i have uh like i have a new editor here with me his name's conrad and he's been doing the last uh five episodes and it's just, it takes us two weeks to produce a video of this quality. It really does. It's, do you no, uh, have a ton of input on the edit or do you just let oh, him yeah. do his thing? Oh, you no. I'm, I'm involved in the whole thing. Uh, yeah. we, we discuss how we, uh, what you what want it to be. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then cool. we go from there. That's cool, man. So Ooh, I like that Harbor Freight bearing press. No, so what is that all about? Know. Is that really <laughs> the press you have? Nope. The press is actually uh, not Harbor Freight. I made the press. That's actually okay. tube steel. But the, the jack is thirty. Is a Harbor Freight 30,000 pound, uh, 30 ton press. I know, uh, my I emotions are really going up and down with you today, man. Hey, I he's got a... he's got like the best you can get and the shittiest you can get. That press was early in my career that's, when I needed something. So that's America. Did I just I see a have, wait a minute? Did I just see a dollar press from Harbor Freight? Works great. Yep. Did but, I see a Lindy forklift in the background? I have two Lindy forklifts. Yes, the men love good stuff. <laughs> now, now you're back in the zone. You're most back people, in my zone. Most people don't know anything about Lindy, and yeah, I think because most the, people are cheap as hell. Yeah, I, I once you run one, you'll never run another. Jimmy, have you ever again. heard of a Lindy forklift? I've heard of it, but I don't really understand the significance. They're the educated. most expensive, most badass <laughs> made in Germany. Like you can't get any better, son. This is like driving a Ferrari in your warehouse. It is. Really? Like, <laughs> you, they're all about speed, so you can literally paddle. Be it has paddle shifters. Uh, just about not even. It's even better. You just all the controls are on your feet. So if you want to go forward, you push, and then you let off. It automatically stops for you, so you can reverse right in the middle because it's a hydrostatic drive, and yeah. it's. They're just incredible. There's no torque converter, and my so neighbor, they're really nice. Yeah, they're really nice. They're the smoothest machine I've ever run. What? Before. Oh, you got two of them. What do you have? Two different sizes? Is that what that's about? Yeah, one's a ten thousand pound, just to lift the go. equipment and move it around. Yeah, 
Smart. And they're, they're compact. That's another neat thing about them is they're really well um, engineered in a small yeah. package. And they I use uh, six thousand. I use Toyota because a friend of mine owns a Toyota dealership. But if not, I would have a Lindy for sure. Yeah, Ooh, look at that bandsaw going through that material. That's great. Yeah, that was a yeah. that's a fun shot. What is that bandsaw? What is that? You have a bandsaw that has the blade faced out. Yeah, that's a Marvel uh, Series 8. So mm, that one's uh, in the f- 50s vintage. Auction? Uh, no, I bought that one on Craigslist. Nice. So the yeah. gas-powered belt sander? Yeah. Did that turn out pretty good? Uh, it, uh, it exceeded my expectations. I think right? this is a prototype um, just to see if the proof of concept works. And right. it does work. Uh, now it needs yeah. the refinement that goes into any tool. Sure. Yeah. Cut the weight down. Um, it needs more power. Are you thinking about power. making that as a genuine product? I would like to. Yep. I would yeah. like to have the uh, like the frame cut out of carbon fiber of some sort. So it just really makes it lightweight. But after using it, I think there is a need for some sort of grinder like this. Um, yeah. I have the I have the planer attachment for my chainsaw. Mm-hmm. So yep. it would be similar, but more of a fine. I guess more of a fine control. Yes. Yep. But it was really strange to me to think that nobody's put a belt on a chainsaw before. I just still think yeah. that's yeah. kind of strange, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> for yeah. like even uh, chainsaw carvers. Yeah, chainsaw carvers um, in the field. I would have used it several times. As a yeah, I like the idea. In the field, it yeah. makes a great for a great deal. Yep. Can you talk about some interesting uh, things you have coming up as far as videos go? Because you always seem to have like a really interesting brand new approach to stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, the next video that's coming out is this Sunday, and it's going to be the finale of the um, the what did you call it? the bandsaw that I got from Andrew this November. So that's mm-hmm. done. And then projects wise coming up from that, I have a welding table. Uh, I've accumulated all the welding tables in the industry and I'm doing a review on all of them and measuring them and really seeing what, if you were to spend the money on a fixture table, which one do you get? It's kind of, Mm. so I'm laying out all the information for the viewer all in one location instead of having to go to uh, Fabtech or something. So that's great. uh, That's been a long time, long-term project. So that will be the next one. And then after that, I have a, I have a list a mile long of what to tackle next, uh, but I've been you have uh, as far as like an old restoration. Yeah, go ahead. I have well, I have the little carry hard power hammer that I got from Andrew right. at the same time. Oh, right. that one's going to be cool. Yeah, that one's pretty pretty cool. And the more Are I you look sanding at that the sander, I am sanding the sander. <laughs> Andrew, did you see that? Did you I enjoy did. that? I would, that was yeah, another rubber freight tool. I was so happy about that, but I was enjoying listening <laughs> to the carry hard story. Uh, yes. But the carry hard uh, is a project on the list of things to do. Um, but the more I look at it, I'm surprised that nobody's come out with a with a reproduction of that tool because it's so small and compact. Sure. And seeing how the knife maker community is kind of uh, growing, um, yeah. I could I could see there being a need for somebody to make another hammer like that. Right. Okay, so and the thing is, is that. In for, in the power hammer world, the in the mechanical power hammer world, 
people are obsessed with the tire hammers, right? Because they're okay. inexpensive to build and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No one has attempted to do what you're saying, like recreate something that was perfected from the past, but right. in a, a more modern way. And I think when they do, if you do that, I mean, you, you would be sitting on, you know, a product that you could sell easily uh, yeah. on the market. Because it's just, it, the footprint is just awesome on that little machine. So, yeah. Um, but, and then I have, uh, I'd like to come up with a really clever vice pedestal. Um, the vice pedestal, yes. like Andrew has, is a big, heavy, uh, in our conversations, thousand pound you know, beast. But I'd like to put the fireball twist on it, I call it. And yeah. I want to make it mechanical. So I want it, like the vice to be able to tilt over. And you'd be able to kind of position that big, heavy vice on top of it. And so you'd have some screws and some, I don't know, something clever in there. Because I like mechanical things. Right. Yeah. Um, so a vice pedestal. What else? I'd, do like, I have? I'd like to comment good. on that a lot, but I'm not going to. Go ahead. No, tell me. I'm please. not. No, I'm going to make a vice pedestal out of, my, out of my tractor. I told these guys. They got mad at me. I'm going to take my tractor and make a vice pedestal out of it. Like one, so one of your tractors that drives, like that you use? Yeah, I'm going to make a bracket that goes on the front so I could drive it everywhere I want. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Like so when I do hitch. my screwdriver, when like I do my screwdriver test on it, yeah, when I do my screwdriver okay. test on it, I won't be able to flip my tractor over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my vice is just so secure. So secure. <laughs> I have the worst vice of all time. But I also have the best vice with those giant C-clamps when we did the load cell testing and they were like... I could only get it to 27,000 pounds of pressure before I, I just couldn't Which turn one? it anymore. Which one was this? Tell me. The big C-clamp. Oh, yes, 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 yes. With the square, with the square threads that are like two inch Have you wide. seen that, Jason? Have you seen his C-clamp? No, I haven't. Show no, him here. Okay, hold on. They're gargantuan. Hold your Ds. Jason, you're going to see this and you're going to want to make one. Okay. Are we showing C-clamps? Who's got the biggest one? Is this a, there. Is this a show? <laughs> That's it right there. That C-clamp is like, oh, yeah. like a piano factory or there. something. Hold Dang. on. Dang. Okay, yeah, he got, definitely got me beat. There. There they are. Wow. Those are so <laughs> crazy. Cool. Yeah, like the threads are just, they're still pretty good. But yeah. Like it, was it like a 30-inch throat? Uh, yeah. It is. Like What's it weigh? I don't know. I can't. Obviously, I can't lift it. Maybe 200, 250. Is it cast or is it fabbed? It's cast. Sheesh. Wow. They're cast locally here. When Jason says sheesh, he likes yeah, it. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> I still have yeah. to actually, I still have to send Andrew them. They're on a pallet. I just never did. That's cool. And you'll never get them. Ah. Is the border no. open yet? I haven't even checked to find out if I should, uh, if I could send no, you a pallet of you. It's not open. So, Jason, I don't know if the shipping is the shipping closed. Like you, yeah, can't I ship think so. Stuff? Like I shipped some stuff to a guy, and well, he's in Mexico, and the the border's closed still. Really? Yeah. Because I got a I got a swing saw coming. That I have yet to organize. Oh, you do? Do you need a mo- another swing saw? I have two or three here you could have. Uh, no, don't. How dare oh. you? I do have some other uh, stuff. 
There's the swing star in my uh, my uh, New Hampshire pick, which I never got to because of COVID. Yeah, it's a death. It's a death machine. It's a death saw. Mm-hmm. Like how Jason, do you even... what is your favorite tool in your shop at the moment? Ooh. At the moment, yeah, um, it's got to be the bandsaw. But if it's not the bandsaw, it's the go kart grinder because I that bandsaw is, dude. That bandsaw yeah. is incredible. It's very sexy now. If y'all, more than first of all, if anybody is listening to this and you don't follow Jason, then shame on you. It's you got to do that. But the bandsaw build is like incredible. Just the amount of thought and ingenuity and stuff that went into creating a new life for that saw is very. My favorite part is the uh, the counterweight amazing. system that you put on there. Yeah, oh, out yeah. of those steel parts, beautiful. Yeah. It is. Uh, well, as you guys know, when you're, you're building something, how do you build something and challenge yourself with everything mm-hmm. you do, so you, that you gain some more experience, so it doesn't yeah. feel like mm-hmm. a waste of time and it's enjoyable. And that's kind of what yeah. that that counterweight system was for me. It's like, huh, I've yeah. never built a wood wheel before. Let me try something strange. And yeah. how am I going to put spokes in a wood wheel? <laughs> like, how do how do you yeah. accomplish these tasks? You know. And the funny thing was, I love how you preserved the casting and you did not tap or die die a tap it at all. Yeah, that was when nice. you certainly could have, because there's never going to be a time where this machine is going to be reverted back to its original. Nope. You know what I mean? It's it's not like it's a like a like a Tucker automobile where there's only forty of them in the world. And yeah. even yeah. the junkiest one is worth tens of thousands of dollars. You know, it's just a it's just a bandsaw frame. You and I draw tap that thing. Who gives a shit? I think but that I'm comes you didn't. <laughs> from uh, working on cars because like yeah. if you're gonna work on a car or uh, modify a car in any way, you try to always use existing mounting holes or whatever's around. Yeah. So it's, totally. it was kind of my idea. Like, oh man, I don't want to. If I cannot, if I can design around it, I can't. And I think that's just being yeah. creative. It's. I did the exact same thing with the power hammer. I just looked for any holes, bolt holes, and used them. Yep. When I certainly could have drilled and tapped anywhere I wanted. I think yeah. it's uh, sloppy if you just want to just, oh, I need a hole here, I'm just going to drill a hole there. That's just, there's yeah. no imagination there, right? And it's. It's hard. And you're, it's, almost, it's, also almost, it's almost like you're joking about, uh, you know, like like a Tucker automobile or an automobile mm-hmm. that we all know is extremely rare. The uh, the idea of like this is you have a responsibility as the restorer to not swish cheese it up just for convenience. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's a uh, Andrew. Do you have any history on where the sock came from? Where where was it, its original origins? That was kind of my missing piece of the whole puzzle. Is where was it in service? I, I need to remember where I even got that one from. I can't at the moment. I don't know. I'll yeah. have to find <laughs> out. And that was, I did have one guy say something. Why did you cut the shaft off? If you wanted to put it back onto a line shaft, now you can't do that. And I was just thinking <laughs> to myself, I'm like, the shaft is the easiest thing to replace on the whole goofy machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one would ever know that the shaft was replaced with if a longer you move to one. A river, if you move to a river uh, boathouse, the <laughs> yeah. battle wheel. No, yeah. There's like, always going to be somebody that has a comment that's just genius. Yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, but I mean, having 10 horsepower on that bandsaw is just, <laughs> it's a little nice. excessive. <laughs> but so no, what? It's, good. it's wonderful. But you don't know who, maybe the next guy after me, he's going to be resawing with it and he needs the, the extra power. 
So it's like it'll be your over. it'll be your children, hopefully. It'll be it'll be my children. All my kids look at it and they take they get four feet from it and they don't want to get any closer because it's it's scary <laughs> looking, you know. <laughs> so I think it's great. Uh, how old are your kids, by the way? How many uh, you got? Ten, ten and eight. I got uh, my ten oldest is a boy and youngest is a girl. That's and old enough to ride a forklift. Get them on that forklift. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, they boy, yeah. they come in here and run jigsaws and they run you know they whittle wood and sand on the go kart grinder and they're into interest in building birdhouses and all that fun stuff. So yeah, start them young. There you go. Absolutely. Get them I got a, I got a, a lot of people that gave me comments about my boys driving the forklift, like about how terrible a father I am and all this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut it's so face. funny. I was watching that. I was watching that clip, and I'm like. I go, oh, look at Eric is, uh, sorry, Andrew is putting his son up on the roof of the thing and I'm watching and I'm like, who's filming? And I'm like, oh, wait, his other son is driving. <laughs> <laughs> They've been driving that kind of stuff since they were little bitty. Like if they're, yeah. if people were offended about them driving it now, then what about four or five years ago? Yeah. When they, when they didn't even ago. exist. Yeah. It's nothing like, it's nothing compared to what happens on your average farm. I mean, these kids grow up on farms. Yeah. They use tools immediately. What yeah. about like, I let them use the, uh, they wanted to do the uh, battery powered concrete drill the other day. Yeah. And yeah. Archie boy, my four-year-old took, took the drill right to the face. I mean, it got yeah, caught up by him, whacked him right in the face and he was crying. I just sat there. I never really did move. And you know, I had him come over and sit in my lap and I tried to explain to him like, or I asked him, I said, son, did that scare you or did it hurt you? You know? And I think some people heard me say that and were like, so offended. Like, Clearly, it hurt him. It hit him in the face. I'm like, no, nah, I think it scared him because it didn't really hit him. There was no mark on yeah. his face, you know. Yeah. Like, he, he was fine. I'm not going to coddle him because a drill hit him in the head. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. He won't die. And later on, you said to him, are you ever going to drill again? And what did he say? He said, yeah. And he ran away. What, what was that little thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm drilling right now. He did end up drilling some more holes after that. Yeah. That's fun. Well, you know, they, I think I, I forget fun. what it was. We talked about Andrew. You and I talked about learning how to use stuff when we were kids, because uh, because of those posts. And uh, I said it would be a good conversation to talk about. But watching your kids play with those tools absolutely reminded me that whenever I use a tool, I always remember the first time I used it. And and you know, in my life, I grew up using tools, so I remember using the drill for the first time. It was a you know, a, it was a, a hole shooter. It was all aluminum. You know, the one, if you were standing in a puddle, you'd get electrocuted. You know, oh, yeah. my dad had like 10 of those. It, it only had the little three eighths chuck on it, or the, some of them only had the quarter inch chuck on them, little hole shooters yeah. from skill had the word skill written on them. So I'm just talking about like, you guys have any interesting stories to share about the first time you might've used a particular tool at a certain age. I mean, I was using, I say this all the time. I wasn't allowed to use the bandsaw alone when my dad wasn't there. He was afraid we'd cut our fingers off. So we were only allowed to use it when he was there. And so when he was at work as a fireman, he'd spend the night away. Occasionally, either my cousin or my brother would turn the big pulley on the back of the 14-inch Delta while somebody would operate a piece <laughs> of wood through the blade. Yeah. We, like we were little, we were so little, you could literally like grab the the, the V belt and just yank on the V belt while the bandsaw is going, and the other person just slowly going through the the blade. But you're more yeah. likely to pinch your fingers trying to pull the belt through than actually yeah. using the machine as it was intended. Yeah, 100%. Well, 
Well, and speaking of tools, like um, my dad told me stories when he was Andrew's uh, boy's age that when you open your uh, Christmas present, you get a wood burning kit, right? I mean, back in the oh yeah, and the cord was only like four feet long, so you're wood burning right next to the drapes, you know, in the house, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So it's like there's been tools out there that kids have used, and you realize that you don't touch hot things, right? You're aware of the yeah, aware of the 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 risks you know i think i'm the oldest one here but i remember a toy when i was a kid and it reminded me my reminded myself the other day to look it up and i forgot there was a thing from mattel you would take like a dinosaur and you'd put it in an, in an oven that can't like you plug an oven and i remember being alone in my mother's basement with this thing it got like super hot and you'd heat up the plastic and you'd crush it in like a cube and then when it cooled off it was that shape and then you put it back in the oven and it would grow back into the original shape it was oh, like cool. memory plastic or something fancy yeah we had a die casting kit when i was a kid you make yeah. like the upper parts of cars so you know no, i think you had some of the cooler diy tools back in the day jimmy toys yeah yeah no they, they i mean nowadays it's Our all toys, electronic yeah. stuff yeah but those those are the type of those are the type of kits that really set a found a foundation for someone that's going to spend the life fabricating and designing and building yep it oh, is neat that leads me to safety, you know, like put those fancy uh, cutouts in the guard, you know, to mimic some of the older style guards that I've seen online that were actually produced yeah. of that era. And I just, once again, people got on me for putting holes in a guard, you know, when I yeah. clearly stated <laughs> that I wanted to not cover the whole machine up, I liked seeing the saw behind it and yeah. it aesthetically pleasing. And if you look, if you look back at the TV show Hammered, we had one of those on set ten years ago, huh. um, two thousand seven. So thirteen years ago, was that thirteen years ago? Yes. I don't remember. We had a a, a big SAW thirty six inch saw that I got off of Craigslist. It was in the free section of Craigslist. I still have it. Jeez. It's in my mother's. It's in my mother's house in storage. Actually, Chris Zepp is going to take it and rebuild it now that I have different saws up here. Anyway, we had no guard on it, and I they're like, "Oh, we got to put a guard on it." And I'm like, I, "I think it looks better with no guard on it." So if you ever look at whole old episodes of Hammered, and they the the stagehands put a motor, they got a quick motor, they put it together. And to turn it on, to, to, you just have to pull on the top wheel to get it started. So a lot of guys Jeez. remember watching that show where I'd pull on the top wheel to get it started, and it would, like, blow your hair back, you know, because you didn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and for me, I was more worried about just the blade coming off of it or snapping, yeah, the blade it. snapping yeah. me in the face than my me putting my hands inside the wheels because yeah. I know where the dangers are. But if you put your hands inside the wheels of that sauce, you are not going to have hands anymore. Nope. (laughs) No chance. Well, it's funny when people don't realize they say, like, I did the folding bench and I did a jokey, like, post about it on Instagram. mm -hmm. Immediately, everyone's like, that's going to cut your hand off. I'm like, you get in and out of a car every day, and there's certain places to hold the car door. You don't stick your hand in the seam and then slam the door. Yeah. This is the same oh. thing. You can only pull it open Here's from up. the middle. If there's like a little kid standing around, just like a car, you don't pull out of the driveway when there's a kid standing next to the car. Yeah. There's an acceptable safety zone, and you know. There's no way to make that without pinch points. Yep. It's just impossible. Well, pinch points so, are all around us. We just have to be aware yeah. of them. Yeah. Did that saw, did the bandsaw require a new Babbitt be poured or no? No, no. It's good, uh, all good. Pretty good. I has some shims in there, so I was able to just uh, tighten it all up and 
Right. It was super smooth. It's perfect. Uh, I, cool. You guys haven't seen the last episode yet, but um, uh-huh. I can stand a penny up on the table and turn That's it fine. on. And a, a penny just stands there like it's just. That's incredible. I love the design that you did with. I, what do you call this? Where you laced. Yeah, Soft where you tab. laced it together. It's uh, like a sawtooth. So I don't know what you call it. It's a sawtooth tab. Where you Is this something take... you came up with? Or you well, saw yeah. it somewhere? No, I've never seen that's this great. before. I love that's it, just... dude. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, but, and everybody says, oh, you copied Jimmy when he built his. <laughs> <laughs> when you built your, uh, I got I got my inspiration was from little Japanese wind up yeah. toys. That's how they they stick the tab in and twist it. So I mean yeah. I didn't invent that. And, I just thought of an interesting way of using the concept. And for me, I was like, how do I do a like a no weld uh, guard? Because yeah. every time you weld the sheet metal up, it just warps to all get out, and it's just like yeah. And how do you give it a, just an extra layer of dimension in this whole thing? And I wanted yeah. to challenge myself again. Can yeah. I can yeah. actually work? I don't know. Work yeah. great. It's you really amazing. solved the problem of wrapping a tab, a slot and tab around a corner, which it's funny. People would, would invent that and then they'd get to the point where they go to wrap it and they'd be like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You can't wrap it because of the like, trying. Wait, did you, make, did you make your new clamp because of the challenge of clamping that? Uh, saw which cover? clamp? Uh, this the one? The new one you showed? Yeah. I just saw um, you that blue clamp you had and there was like just barely holding it together while you were working um, on it no that this is basically from trying to cut uh needing a big wide uh a long clamp with a deep throat and being able to have to weld to something right <laughs> I, mm-hmm. when it comes to clamps my best philosophy is i'd rather buy it and use it for the next project than need it and have to wait to yeah. purchase it, right i right when it comes right. to a new clamp i'll just buy them because i know i'm gonna need it if I see something yeah. different of any shape or size, it's not a tool that I need a specific project for. Right. So, yeah. I can always use more clamps. Always. What I need is a water jet. <laughs> a water yeah. jet. It, and that's what I get accused of. Uh, I can't build everything that you're building because you cut that out with a water jet. And I'm like, I guess I've, had, I've never had a water jet up until now. This just speeds things up for me. Right. I never let a water jet stop me from building anything. Yeah. I know. Looking back now, I should have. It's just the stuff you built before wasn't as pretty, probably. Uh, Yeah, it's true. And I do take some liberties where uh, the water jet helps you. We're swooping curves and things that you probably wouldn't normally put into a a bracket that the water jet helps you with. Yeah. Um, Right. Absolutely. No, but when you use a certain tool, you got to ask yourself, okay, this is not the tool I would ordinarily, like if you were making that out of like say five, eight square rod, you'd be mm-hmm. heating it, bending it, heating it, bending it. But now you can do whatever the hell you want. So you're like, how can yep. I take advantage of the capacity of what's available to me? Yeah. How can I give some elegance and some sweeping curves? And, and you did a beautiful job. How thick can that cut? Like 12 inches? 12, it, it can cut it, anything that you can put underneath the head. So you can put from the top of the nozzle to the tables like 25 inches. If you can put it underneath <laughs> it, you can cut it. You can how, put a like, engine block up there and just but cut like it. How down. accurate is the, like the bottom of that 24-inch cut? Uh, this tool has what you call taper compensation. So it knows, you tell it how thick the material is, and it knows how much to tilt the head over so that the kerf ends up perfectly straight. I get 
Okay. I might, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll talk. I might get you to cut the linkage arms for the power hammer. Mm-hmm. I need like six inch thick six inch steel. Thick. That's yeah. Yep. Yes. It'll be fun. We'll make the chop. You yeah. could, he, he could, he could cut your linkage arms in both directions. He can cut the X and the Y and the Z. That's what I mean. Cut, just cut it yeah. all yeah, at once. Instead of bending them. Yeah. Cause then I don't have to bend them or do anything yeah. and even cut the holes. Like, holes. <laughs> he cut the holes. Yeah. 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 It's almost two weeks. Okay. So is he willing to do that, or I think he's being quiet because he doesn't want anything to do with it? Show, show, show me a drawing. I think it'd be a cool collab. Yeah. Oh, you would need a full. Um, I, I will show you. I will show you a. Rough you need a chunk of steel the size of an engine block, a cube. To yeah, it's a good size. Uh, yeah, you would need a. Series. The idea is you'd cut the flat and then bend them into shape and then machine the holes in them. But if okay. it would be more interesting to watch it start from. But then it would also have to be a piece of tooling steel. So the block is going to cost $2,000. It would be, yeah, it would be like 4140 probably. So I have the original 1921 drawings. Wow, look at that. Cool. Uh, with the table. I don't know what you can see, but that's what it needs to look like. Oh, neat. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I was going to like cut them generally and then forge and bend them into place, but I don't know. I'll yeah. get to it. Now I'm doing something else, so I'm always I have too many projects on the go right now, so I gotta sort my life out. Eric, while you're on the microphone, you wanna tell everybody a little bit about your screwdriver project and, and where it's going? Because it's you, you've done a really good uh product test the last couple of weeks. Well, debatable <laughs> on the good of the test. But um yeah, aside, sure. aside from the vice, but everything else was fine. Yes, the vice is pure garbage. Um so we've been talking about it for a while, recreating the uh, the screwdrivers like the so, um, and we're pretty much ready to go minus the creation of the of the wood handles. I've been trying to pin down an appropriate steel, and that's been the the hardest part of this. Like the designing and the machining was complicated and took a while to sort out, but now that that's sorted out, the actual type of steel is. Uh, a little more complicated because you can go anywhere you want. You could go crazy tool steel or you can go something more original to uh, the type of steel that was used. In, and, uh, you are know, you just hardening the end like you would like a, di like a, like a tool stamp? Are you just so hardening the, the originals were case hardened all over, I believe. Right. Um, but I'm just going to harden the end. Like the blade and the Bang. the and the other end, uh, because in the actual perfect handle catalog they talk about those being hardened, and you actually use that end as a hammer for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Did someone call Screwdriver Protective Services on you for watching you? Yeah, I know. I've just been breaking. It was a cool test. Like maybe Jason should do like a real one. Yeah. Uh, I was just, I'm just breaking the tips on every screwdriver that I own cool. uh, to see, to see when it, it snaps. And I did a twisting test with a, a torque wrench to see when, mm -hmm. and most of them seem to break around 30, uh, 30 foot pounds on the twist test. Um, 
but it's a little more complicated because this thing is huge and the blade surface area is huge and it's thicker and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it, it seems like uh, 1144 is the type of steel I'm going to use. Um, only because it's a closer match to the original steel, which was just wrought iron that was case hardened, uh, and something like 4140. But it's very, after heat treating, it doesn't move. Hmm. So there's no warping, and it's free machining. So uh, it creates really nice chips, and it's completely stress proofed. Explain free machining. What does that mean? Free machining means that the material creates its own chips. You don't even need like a chip breaker, let's say. Just mm-hmm. during machining, it will break off nicely and create an incredible surface finish, just how it's structured, the steel itself, the metallurgy. Oh, wow. uh, so it's it's used and it's you're not gonna get a spring on the lathe with it. Uh no, you would never get a long, a long nest of of uh cuttings or whatever so that that's kind of what it is uh it's also very strong at least for what it contains which is a medium carbon like 40 percent um or 0.4 i guess and that's it's totally adequate it has a high tensile strength higher than i or you would expect but uh it's nice it's very nice like 4140 is another option but there's just there were so many steels that i wanted to test if the 1144 didn't work, but um, maybe I'll I'll make a small batch of ones made of weirder steel because the the heat treating is an issue. Like if I do 4140, when I when I quench it, it's at too high of a hardness, so I'd have to invest in a, in a proper temporary. Not that that's a, a crazy thing i could just get an oven and do it it's just another step to the whole process whereas 1144 it ends up at like you know 52 rockwell which is like perfect uh but i'm gonna temper how many sizes how many sizes are you gonna make there's just one right now Mm -hmm. there's just one that's like an inch wide and a 16th thick and then hollow ground Mm -hmm. uh but i will do obviously like a, a a smaller one that's uh, more reasonable, more usable. You do a say. little a pocket one, you know, like the ones. Did you see the one I have? Yeah, in I'd, like do, I'd like like the ones that they made were not this big. Um, but I mean, like you're just making in, that because it's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's so like no, there's no screw out there that you can actually use it with. No, the only screw you can use it on are uh, the ones at the bottom of swivel bases on vices. That's literally yeah. the only time I've seen. The, oh, only well, I actually need one of those, the only other you screw I can think of is, do yes, you guys go. ever see, um, I used to have a, a table saw, uh, an old Delta table saw that has the tube fencing system and the end of the, the end of the screws that hold it in place are like, they're, they're blind, they go inside, but they have they're a perfect, like computer. they're like, that's like the size of like, maybe like a nickel with a slot. Yeah. In it. That, that's the only other time I would see that. Yes. Have you heard of drag link sockets? Mm-mm. Really? Let me get you one. What is it, buddy? Jason, when Andrew starts getting quiet, yeah, that usually that any minute the podcast is going to end abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a drag link socket. 
So this looks like a screwdriver. This is what you would. This is what you would actually use to undo the bolt at the bottom of a swivel base vice, yeah. because this is like super thick. Yeah, yeah. And I have uh, th- three or four sizes of these. They're all made in USA. Williams. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Oh, good. Williams. There's good stuff. Right. Yeah. Been yeah. around for. Yes. Yeah. There's a drag link. She's looking them up. Um, she very useful. Today. That's a heat. So <laughs> yes, like I, I can't compete with this because this is. This is so thick. Um, what is a uh, drag link, anyways? I forget. That's well, your wife's looking it up right now. Is she? Now you know. <laughs> she's not there. She's not there. <laughs> oh, she's not there. It's just no. you. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's on. You're on her account. Yes. Anyway, so it? I'm actually I would love to. I'd love to test these. Like, what the torque rating on something like this is? It's got to be ridiculous. But it's something that. When you need it, it's very, very handy. Mm-hmm. Usually when I have to remove that screw, I just take a piece of flat bar and then Slot use a big in. crescent wrench. Yeah. And use yeah. And it. does it bend though? No, I don't bend it. Yeah. So then there. You could just get this with like a long Yeah, thank you. I just I'm gonna wrenchy. buy that right now. This is uh directly from McMaster Car, your favorite place. Thank you. Yes, I spend ridiculous money there every year. Yeah, like literally, literally every week I'm getting something from McMaster Cook. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say you're going to a chisel and a hammer to that nut or the bolt. To the bolt? Yeah. yeah. I just melted it. Just melted oh, right no. out. Guys. No way, dude. Anyway, so oh. the screwdrivers will be ready at some point with that steel, and then maybe I'll mess around with like S7 or some other steels. I also learned, if you're so interested, there's a type of steel called marajane steel. Hmm. No. Has anybody Mar- heard of this? I basically it. went down like a rabbit hole of steel types. So it's almost not definable as steel it because it, in some cases, doesn't contain carbon. So How it's iron, it? M-A-R-A-G-I-N-G. It's a portmanteau of martensite and aging so uh it's basically a iron nickel hybrid uh and then they throw in some other you know usual metallic things like niobium and aluminum and other things like that but it is a a crazy crazy strong steel like the the highest the highest tensile strength i've ever seen um beyond beyond s7 so i i can't even mcmaster car has a selection of this um called c300 they sell it in in rods and bars and i'm kind of i'm kind of tempted it's like a hundred it's 150 bucks a foot at one inch thick uh for a rod but i kind of want to do it because it's just it's crazy crazy impressive Make a little pocket driver out of that so, you, so it's got yeah. like a lot of a would you grind it into shape then or would how would you how you would can, you, you can it? machine it you can machine it oh you can machine it okay you can machine it and that's that's the yeah it contains some titanium but basically 15 to 25% nickel which is a, a large amount and then cobalt adds uh, more hardness it's just nuts so i kind of want to try that uh, just to see what's up and, and kind of, I, I, I don't know. It's just blowing my mind. I didn't know this was a, a type of steel. You can harden it. 
Yeah, you can harden it. it. Like you can heat treat it. Um, it comes out at about 55 Rockwell, the, the th- grade 300 does at least. But if you scroll down a bit, Andrew, look at the tensile strength. We're at 2,413 millipascals, which is like, uh, like 300 and sorry, that's like 380, 380,000 PSI before it would, it would break. Damn, that's uh, which treated, which right? beats that's straight yeah, out which it. beats it even beats S seven, which is like some of the highest tensile strength steel. What about using something like some AR five hundred or something? Because they make those in bar stock. It's yeah, tough. it's totally. I I might switch to that for the wrenches. Yeah, uh, just because it's it's stronger and it's hard enough that uh, it won't it won't yeah. bend. But that's more for wearing. I need like. I need like yield strength, like springiness and like a twisting oh. that would go back. And yeah, it's a little different. It's incredibly cool though. I had no idea this type of steel existed. It's used in missile. Yeah. Used, and, and yeah missile, uh, missile, c- uh, covers and tips and uranium enrichment. It's like just the, the pinnacle they, they of it and just explode it. It's awesome. Yeah. Like only, only the government is really using this steel. Huh. Jason, so, do you have a Haas or a, or a five axis or four axis mill? I do have a older, uh, early nineties Fidal forty twenty that I uh-huh. picked up at an auction, and it runs. I just need to spend some time with it to uh, a Fidal sasu. What's that? A Fidal sasu? A Fidal? Uh, there's they still make them. Uh, it just has an older. Uh, control which i just need to get a laptop hooked to it and and that way i can run cam off of it because believe it or not that machine ran off of tape yeah (laughs) where you punch tape (laughs) but the mechanics of it are still um relevant today yeah so but i need to get that going it runs i I can run a program and have it do its thing but i just need to spend some more time with it Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother uh, CNC machining is a whole nother. Yeah, it's a complete. It's a completely. Yes, it's a complete education on yep. its own. And like it's everything, funny, like, you must be carbide. Yeah. <laughs> everything. It's a whole difference. I have a whole. I have all the tooling for it. It's, it's ready to go. I just. I am the limiting factor for it, and I'm just. Yeah. I like to self-educate myself. And I may not be a master. I'd rather be a student of everything and a master of none, I guess is that a yeah. good way to put it. I want yeah. to learn how to be an operator. Really? And that way, if uh, the time comes, if I want to hire an operator, I know how to talk the language. I know yep. what the machine's capable of. And then, then I'm happy and I've experienced it and I can do something else. It's yeah. funny. I like, uh, I like uh, and I think we can all relate to this, is when you get to understand a machine well enough where you know how to lie to it. And you could yeah. cheat to it and it doesn't yeah. know, you know, you could cheat the zero and, you know, figure out how to use it past what it thinks it can do. Yep. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But CNCing, uh, is, uh, it's the way of the future. And I think we're all going to have to learn how to use it at some point in time. I mean, think about the plasma cams, the water jets. I mean, like the little laser machines, these are all yeah. accessible to people now. I mean, to them, there some people say, "Oh, $7,000 is too expensive." Well, it, it is, but it's still. But it's one or two jobs. You just got to come up with a job. 
I mean, if you can put the tool on a credit card, it's accessible to you. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. that's how I bought my first CNC machine. I put it on a credit card. It was seventy five hundred dollars. Yep, paid it so, off right away with some work. Yep. So it's I think we're CAD. I'm a big believer in CAD now. It just it's yeah. allowed me to get my ideas out onto a, a platform where I can share it with others, and then communicate with these new modern machines. And I can build in virtual reality without having to spend a lot of time and money on uh, materials. And so, like much how you designed your the table, Jimmy, right? In CAD first, and then go mm-hmm. to then go to wood, so you're not wasting wood, and then go to metal, and then you got something. Yeah. And yep. that's the way I like to prototype now too. Start in CAD and then grow out from there. Jimmy's writing with the sharpie pen on his hand. Good. Yes. Uh, I you just reminded me. I have a meeting tomorrow morning with the factory that's going to manufacture my three flip table. I completely forgot, so I just wrote meeting at eight in the morning. Um, <laughs> totally forgot factory, about my important meeting. <laughs> there's a factory in Ohio that's uh, going to prototype ten of them to cool. to get used to making them. We're going to so we're going to have a meeting tomorrow about. It. So that would be great. And uh, trying to figure out how to get it into the big box stores, trying to sell it flat pack. So that'll be an interesting yeah. product development. So, listen, we've had a good time, Jason, with you. Really appreciate you being on. Jimmy loves it when I do this. He's got something to do. (laughs) We could talk all day, but, yes, I have to go. So thank you for uh, being a part of the show. And um, Thank you, Jason. Super fun. Everybody go follow and buy Jason's stuff. Because it is badass. It's a fantastic website, too, by the way. It's so well organized. It's like like going to McMaster Car. It's it's Mm. an amazing experience. You should have one area of your website where you like it's sh- it like virtually sweeps all the shit into a corner. Yeah, and that could be this. It could be like the sale items or discount items. It's almost like a. Uh, I've always thought of having a website where it's like a subscription race. Whatever you just get a new tool once a month, right? Your credit card yeah. file, and it's just like you just get charged. Oh, what's oh, today showing up? And you're like, oh, shop shims today. What did I buy? Right. This is- that people would love that. that that's yeah, actually not a bad idea. That's what Jimmy needs in his life. That's uh, that's totally what he needs. His more more tool selections <laughs> showing up at his door. You know what you need though. It's in all reality. You need that. You need that endorphin buzz when you push the button of like agreeing to purchase something. That's oh yeah. Tell yeah. me you don't get that. You know, like if it happens without your knowledge, it's it's not as fun as literally clicking. I accept. Oh god. That's the true. dopamine. Yep. The dopamine. Oh yeah. god. So yes, if you have, you, I have an idea. Okay. Jason, I, I have an idea. What you do is you sell everybody like a clicker, you know, something that's just like, it's like a clicker. And then when they push it, it literally, they get the email that says, you've agreed to buy the next new product from. <laughs> that would be enough. Like a that morphine. Would be enough. Heck yeah, man. And if a kid picks it up and clicks it like six times, you just bought six $50 items. <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. All right, we'll do this again, Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. So, thank you all very much. I'm going to try and work on this new uh, system here. Hopefully, we got a good recording. If we don't, if we screw it up, we'll talk again in a couple days. And so, we're supposed to leave it on. Just leave it on. Yeah, just leave your browser open, but you can close out of Skype. I don't even know what that means. That's great. I'll do it. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) All right, later, guys. Bye, Jason. All right. All right. What the fuck does it mean when he says, 
Close the browser. Does anyone know what the fucking browser is? <laughs> it's the fucking. <laughs> what are you talking about? All, right. All you have to do, I'm going to hit stop record and I'll see you guys. <laughs> Does everybody have a browser or is it just me? What's a com- guys, what is a computer? <laughs> <laughs>